Do you love love? Do you love black history? Well, if you do, you will definitely love I'll Tell You What. I'll Tell You What is a sister podcast to your favorite wedding pod, Hugh I Do, and I, Ashley, am your favorite rock tooth or storyteller that can't wait to tell you all about these very epic love stories. Every Monday, new episodes come out where I share the weddings, marriages, and romances of some of our favorite and not-so-favorite Black figures throughout time. You learn a lot about a person when you learn about how and who they love. Now, we bask on these relationships not to be messy, but to remind us all of the passion in our past and to humanize the people we place on pedestals. So basically, it's all love. Black history. You can find new episodes of I'll Tell You What on the Tube of You or YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. See you in the pews. Hello. Hello, everyone. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tania. And you're listening to another episode of Hugh I Do, the podcast brought to you by your favorite cousins on the bright side. Welcome back to another episode of Hugh I Do, the podcast that's going to help you become not only a wedding planner, but actually a better wedding planner. We have a very amazing guest with us today, someone that longtime listeners know has been on the show multiple times. She's actually been one of our very first guests back in the very, very new baby Hugh I Do stages of 2019. And we're so glad that four years later from that first time, she's back again for what I believe is either her second or third. No, not her second, her third or fourth episode, fourth, third episode. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> hello, hello, hello. I am Tiffany, affectionately known as Tiffany Event Planner in the wedding and event industry. I am the founder and owner of Bird of Paradise Events. Uh, I am also the founder and owner of the Tiffany Event Planning Experience and the author of the Confident and Confident Wedding Planners Guide. Woo! I am so happy to have you back on. You, uh, I swear, you have been like one of those first ones with us through this journey. And so the fact that... Thank you. Thank you so much. But you just know so much. You, I feel like in our minds are like one of the true OGs of like the people that we've talked to, the people that we think of when we think of like true experienced wedding planners and event planners. It's like, is you. 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 (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. It's a fun job. It's a fun (laughs) career. You just have to get there and get the knowledge and the education to get to know that it's it's absolutely an amazing job. And I can't wait to talk to you all about that because you wrote this amazing guide that made me think like, okay, if I ever, I don't, but if I ever (laughs) wanted to go down this lane, you, the way you broke everything down, it just makes so much sense, even for someone like myself to fully be able to process all of the different things that y'all do. It's not so easy as some would imagine, but if you really just are dedicated to it, working Mm -hmm. on it, you'll be great. And I think your guide is just 
is so perfect. And because we have so many, I mean, you hear about it all the time. Someone Mm -hmm. plans their wedding or they were so involved in the planning of their wedding in some form or fashion. They're like, hey, I want to do this for others. They've been bitten. They have the bug now. And so I think this conversation we're going to have today is going to be so great, especially for those brides or grooms that are like, hmm, I might want to I might want to see about this a little bit more. Um, Mm -hmm. So I can't wait. But for those that don't know, for those that maybe this is their first episode with you, let the listeners know, where are you from? Like, how long have you been in the game? All those things. I am originally from New York City. However, I was born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland. And I come from a long career of working with presidents, CEOs, Mm -hmm. um, high-level executives, which put me in the position of having to have a high demand for customer service, Mm. um, logistics, um, Mm -hmm. to somewhat be a perfectionist. And then to piggyback off of what you just said, when I got married, I was so involved by the time my wedding was done, I was mm-hmm. like, I can do this. And that's what I did. Mm-hmm. I became a wedding planner. So I am one of those brides that became a wedding planner. However, mine is slightly different because I was, I really wanted to do corporate planning. Mm. It just was a little harder to do mm. because most corporations have their own in-house people who do mm-hmm. things like that. Um, So it was a little harder to get into. My first event under Bird of Paradise was actually a nonprofit gala. And then weddings came. So I was grateful that I did have that nonprofit to start Bird of Paradise because at least I had that footing. I couldn't say, oh, I've only done weddings. I could say, no, my first event was a nonprofit gala. So mine was a little different. When I came in, I learned very quickly what my niche was. And what my niches weren't. Mm. Um, so, of course, when I came in with no experience, no mentor, no training, you know, mm-hmm. I thought that I could do everything. And then I didn't have a clear understanding that it wasn't all about money, money, money. Like, I'm right. going to put all of these services under Bird of Paradise events so I can get all the money. Mm-hmm. All of those services were not Tiffany Event Planner's niche. <laughs> I... <laughs> failed miserably at making centerpieces. I failed miserably at making 150, 200 program fans in my basement office <laughs> on my home printer. Right. Like, those things weren't for me. Yeah. Um, and they still aren't. <laughs> my, <laughs> I tell people very quickly, um, my concentration is design, logistics, wedding day, and client services. That okay. is it. That's what I do. I, I'm not making a thing. I don't want to take money from anyone else's niche creativity. None right. of that. That's not me. But that made me think of a question that we're going to have to dive into very soon because yeah, you definitely, I can already see this is going to be a really good conversation. I've had so many conversations with like venue coordinators or, you know, sales event managers where they're like, oh, do you know, you know, this planner or, but they're also a floral designer and they will be like, yeah, they should probably pick one because they got to experience the spiral in trying to be a planner and a floral designer on the Mm. same project. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm like, yeah, some people don't know their niche. They want to have all the services. It's okay not to have all the services. You got to hone in on what your niche is. And if yeah. your niche is two or three and you perfect them, then so be it. But if your niche is two or three and then two are falling by the wayside and it affects your brand, then you just have to choose one. Yeah. Yeah. That That is a good point. That is a very good point because we do like to try to be everything to everyone. Mm-hmm. We we like to say we can do all of this instead of mm-hmm. just saying there are a few areas that we do very, very well. And mm-hmm. that's okay. You know, for some, it may be I do intimate affairs very well. I could do very like max 50 people. I can do that. Whereas yeah. someone comes to you with, you know, 125 folks. It may be a little bit harder because maybe those details and the timing that you like to kind of put everything together is catered more for smaller audiences. Maybe it's having even smaller resources or more limited resources. And that's okay if you thrive in the things that you do. But yeah, we're going to we're going to dive all into that. I think even for the girls that are listening that maybe don't want to plan after they're done. They just, they're done with, you know what? My wedding's over. (laughs) I'm beyond it. We finally can move on. But I think this is still going to be a very interesting conversation because I don't think everyone is aware of everything that is required to be a great wedding planner because it's, you could be a good wedding planner. You could be a great wedding planner. And you can just be a wedding planner. But we'll talk all about that <laughs> in just a second. We're now going to go into everyone's favorite segment, which is this or that, which is our favorite Instagram game. We started this up, I think, in the pandemic to get away from a lot of small talk. Mm-hmm. And it has become now a favorite. And so we're going to basically pick between one option or the other because you are a special guest, Tiffany. We will let you go first. And I keep saying we, it's just me and you here. Tiffany is working. <laughs> but, she is missed. She is yes, missed. <laughs> but she's here in spirit. So we'll let you go first. Um, as you uh, say your answer, also give us the why. And then I'll answer and then we'll do another round and then we'll dive straight into these questions. So to get started, would you prefer the wedding planner that's been in wedding planning, has been doing events for seven years within a review average of 3.7 or Would you prefer the wedding planner that's only been doing this for eight months, but she has two five-star reviews? Uh, I am going to say the wedding planner who's been doing this for months with two five-star reviews. Hmm. Okay. Why? Because the more that wedding planner gets, the more feedback, the more experience, mm-hmm. and the better that wedding planner can be. Not to say the seven-year wedding planner can't still obtain experience feedback, mm-hmm. but if we're building up a community, um, then I would definitely go with that wedding planner so that they can broaden their experience. I like that. That's very considerate. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I think 
for me, if I had to pick between the two, you know, it would be hard. I think I would read through a few of those 3.7 reviews to see mm-hmm. kind of why, because one person's ick or complaint may not be someone else's. And uh, right. we're going to definitely have an episode on feedback and reviews and all that stuff probably in 2024. But yeah, I might I, I might roll with the newbie as well, giving her a little bit of grace because mm-hmm. the same way I would probably give the other one grace as well. You know, one thing I've noticed through doing who I do, every vendor, especially the really good vendors, pick up on something from the last event they did. So whether it's refining something or adding something or making sure that something doesn't happen again. And I think, you know, there, there could be that opportunity there where hopefully everything goes the way you want, but there's always going to be something that's going to happen. That's out of your control. And, you know, if the planner can handle themselves in a very excellent way before the wedding, then, you know, we're good. We'll probably yeah. be fine on the actual wedding day. But those signs are usually there beforehand. And you have an, <laughs> enough time to get a new planner if you need to. But that's a whole yeah. different conversation. <laughs> right, exactly. Hopefully you don't. Hopefully you don't. Right, right. All right. So round two. Would you prefer the wedding planner that has not posted on Instagram since June of 2023 or the wedding planner that still has 2021 rates on their website. <laughs> not the planner that has the 2021 rates. Nope. Why not? Because uh, that says to potential clients and or vendors that you're not taking your business seriously. You're not updating Mm -hmm. Um, you know, some things are falling behind or Mm -hmm. you don't have time management. Like there's a lot of things. So that definitely will be a red flag for me. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a red flag for me if I go to Instagram pages and they still haven't posted since the pandemic or something. I'm like, uh, are they in business? So I (laughs) I just, that's pertinent information that should be a part of updating. So yeah, I probably would go the other way. Yeah. I agree with you there as well. As someone who, I mean, to me, Instagram, I know some planners and vendors just in general struggle with their social media in terms of keeping it updated. They know it's something they need to do, but it's like, Mm -hmm. it's hard to remember to do the behind the scenes stories or, you know, do the recap afterwards because they're so busy at like, let me try to make sure that I did the things I need to do Mm -hmm. for my client. And so I also, as someone that's in marketing, I can understand that. But also as somebody that knows how easy it is to update websites, 2021, we almost said 2024. What is going on? And that one actually came from a real place. I've I've seen 2021 rates on websites. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, are you still in business? Yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing too, because there have been so many planners and vendors that have left the industry since COVID and the, you know, even in the years since, and we need some sign of life, right? Like we need to know either you're still doing this or not, or if your interest has changed, that's okay. You can shift your focus to events or to corporate or to intimate or whatever you prefer, but you need to update your website because people are going up 
going to websites for information. <laughs> but you know, that is, you know, that's a thing as well, mm-hmm. is that, you know, we are in a generation where we think people aren't going to websites, you know, yeah. we're in a technical world. So we think that everything is Instagram and everything is TikTok and everything is Facebook. Mm-hmm. So some people, you know, kind of let websites fall to the wayside because they could just be in that technological age where their website might not have been updated since 2021. But if you go to their Instagram, they just posted 10 seconds ago. Right. You know, so it, it's it's a very different world that we're living in. You know, when I started this, mm-hmm. I had to have a website that was really important. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I host networking events. Mm-hmm. And at my networking events, I'm like, everybody, meet somebody, follow somebody, Be, pull up the Instagram, you know, except mm-hmm. we don't even switch business cards anymore. Yeah. Yeah. We're switching follows. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a really hard thing. It, it really is. The and, important part is, yeah. you know, representing your brand, building mm-hmm. your brand and, you know, making it sustainable. And that even makes me think because, you know, when we have folks on here or even just like looking through different folks, Instagrams or their other socials, You'll see sometimes the opposites, right? Where you see some that are like, feel free to message me, DM me. If you have questions, you want to, you know, if you want to start that conversation, if you want to, you know, have a consultation, some vendors are like, it's perfectly fine for you to crawl in my DMs. Others are like Mm -hmm. the, the, like stop (laughs) emoji. If you want to communicate with Mm -hmm. me, you need to go and email me or go through the contact form that's on my page because some vendors don't even give you their email address. They want you to fill out that form so they can, um, so we can capture that information. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, the marketer, the inner marketer in me always is thinking of like, okay, essentially these are leads you're trying to capture, you're trying to like convert all of that. Whereas so many are, you know, they're not thinking in that sense because they're just the bride, right? Like yeah. they're just the person they're like, I don't understand. We'll have to give you this information for you to reach out to me. There is a point. There is a reason. But anyway, I could go down that rabbit hole. Right. I'm right there with you. <laughs> I could go down right that there with you. another day, but let's, let's, let's shift back into your guide. I loved loved reading it truly it was a good read it was a quick read but it was a good meaty read you know sometimes you'll come across like an ebook or something like that that feels very much like it's giving you information you already knew but you provide stories you're providing like so many nuggets like just per chapter I feel like there's at least three or four minimally takeaways that again, I have no interest in this space at all, but I was just like so fascinated by the way you were like, I can do it. <laughs> like if somebody, somebody comes to me for some, <laughs> help me with a birthday party. All right. Let me pull up. <laughs> let me pull up Thank you. Thank you. But let's start with the guide called the competent and confident wedding planners guide. What drew you to write this? It's all the knowledge in my head. And literally, there's probably like three more books to come, maybe four. (laughs) Um, Over COVID, Mm -hmm. you know, I was talking to a friend who became fascinated with what I do. He was like, what do you mean? You got to do what? And, you know, what's the next step? And, you know, the more I kind of 
you know, talked about wedding planning and the behind the scenes stuff, not even stuff that people see. He was like, Tiffany, you need to get this stuff out of your head. Mm. Like, there's a lot. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what are you, you know, what are you talking about? So literally this ebook has been in the works for at best two, three years. Wow. At best. It is a great accomplishment. And during the process, I realized that I didn't have this when I started. I'm 15 years in. I remember very clearly Mm -hmm. when I wanted to start doing event planning and wedding planning. And I went to one of the popular event planners in Baltimore City. Um, And at that time, Black wedding and event planners weren't Mm. as elevated as we are now. Mm -hmm. We did not have a presence. Yeah, We were in that community, just another Black wedding planner, um, which was like churches, church wedding planners, Mm. or, you know, not elevated, not what you see today. Like backyard. Yeah. Yeah. Not what you see today. BFWs, whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So not to mention at that time, venues, they were kind of like shying away wedding planners. They didn't like to deal with them. Oh, wow. Um, So they would tell brides, you know, you don't need a wedding planner. We have everything you need. You know, you get a person, they a person, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it was very different. But I remember letting down my guard and asking an event planner if I could shadow her. I was interested. And I will never forget, like, the shrug off that I got. You know, she was a very big white woman. Uh-huh. Um, like, she didn't take not, it seriously. She didn't take it seriously. Yeah. Not send me an email. N- nothing. And I think I probably let it go for, you know, mm-hmm. a year or two until I got, until I was in the process of my own wedding planning. And I did much of the work myself. I don't think I hired a wedding planner until like, you know, closer to the date, mm-hmm. which will now is considered a day of or a month of. Mm-hmm. But with my experience in, you know, supporting presidents and CEOs, I was able to make phone calls. I was able to send emails. I was able to you know, say what I wanted. Um, I was able to, you know, review contracts and question things, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And also timetables. And Google was also my friend. It just came from that. And to fast forward, not to jump around, but when I put out advertisers years ago that I want, you know, interns or event assistants, people send me emails or reach out. I respond to everyone. I think my third event assistant, she said to me when I interviewed her, she was like, nobody, res- you're the only one who responded to my email. Mm. But that's because it's personal to me. Yeah. Because I know what it felt like when someone shrugged me off. Mm. If yeah. someone's not a good fit, then I'll refer them somewhere or, you know, or I'll try to guide them along. But it's personal for me. And I think, so, yeah, I mean, because... Like, you never know how you impact somebody, right? Like, what that line of communication could mean. So, uh, I love that. And especially when we hear so often, too, just thinking back to, like, the bride side of things, where you could reach out to someone and get nothing. Tania's told it, told this story several times when she was planning her wedding, crickets. Like, reaching Mm -hmm. out to folks and getting nothing or following up. And trying to find out, okay, we've had the consultation. Maybe I have some more questions. I want to know some more. Nothing. It means a lot. <laughs> it means a lot to yeah. communicate. I don't know why that's so hard for people to process. Yeah. So, but, so I always say that I wrote this 
book yeah. for the earlier me. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you, as you said, like it's step by step. It is real. Mm-hmm. It is transparent. Mm-hmm. I have no quorums, no shame about my mistakes that I made. You know, it's literally for the earlier me. Yeah. Um, and if you in it and you read it, you're reading the guide to improve, elevate, or if you're just starting, to me, it fits everybody. Yeah. Depending on like whether you're new or whether you've been in the game for a right. while, I think your book is just so good because yeah. for those that are new, they're probably not thinking about all of this, right? Or maybe they haven't realized all of the things they need to consider versus if you've been doing this for a while, maybe it takes you back to why you got into this in the first place. It's a refresher. It just, you know, it could possibly even reignite that spark if there has been, you know, maybe some frustration or some pains in recent years or with uh, recent clients. But let's go into the second question. So for new or aspiring planners. So maybe they plan their wedding or maybe they've only done like a handful of events that maybe were kind of their own things, right? Like a baby shower or a bridal shower or some sort of event, a birthday party. Um, What would you say is possibly a way for them to get experience? The way is definitely one, to find a mentor, two, you know, try to intern with wedding or event planners. That is really good experience. That is what I call the hands-on. And that's also what I call the make or break. Like some people will, you know, shadow or intern and they're just like, yep, this is not (laughs) for me. You know, this, this isn't it. Or some people are like, yes, this is what I want to do, you know, but definitely, you know, a mentor and shadowing and interning um, opportunities, I would definitely seek out that it is so, so worth it. There's mm-hmm. nothing like hands-on experience. And the last thing you want to do is experience that for the first time under your own business yourself without support of an experienced person. I have, I think, two or three mentees. Mm-hmm. And one of them, I think she's seven years in the wedding planning business and I call her my mini me. Um, so if I, if I need to be in two places at one time, she's the person I'm sending to the second place. And I still pop up on her at weddings, you know, just to see like, how's everything going offer feedback or, and sometimes I end up jumping in to help, but there, you know, the, the most important thing is finding a mentor interning and shadowing. That's so important. That makes a lot of sense because you don't know what you don't know. Now, piggyback off that, how do you find a mentor? Well, now you can use Instagram. (laughs) But, you know, it's almost what I tell my mentees when we, you know, when they have to network and find vendors, just create a wish list, you know, a wish list of maybe Mm. event planners and wedding planners that you've been watching or that you admire. When I was new in the game and on the Baltimore wedding planning event planner scene, I had like five wedding planners Mm -hmm. that I would just be like, Oh my God, they're so amazing. You know? And if I was at networking events, Mm -hmm. I would just like beeline to make sure that I introduced myself. Um, Now it wasn't until probably three or four years later that I actually got to work with them or they were refer business or they you know, would say, I see you, I see you're doing great. You're doing, 
you know, but it was because I made it my business to be seen and introduce mm-hmm. myself and offer, you know, offer my services. You know, if you ever need a hand, you need to put some linens down, fold some napkins, move some chairs. You know, I just need to be in the room to see how it moves. I need to know <laughs> how you are doing yeah. this six-figure wedding so that when I get a yeah. six-figure wedding, I am moving the same way to make it successful. Right. Good point. Good point. Okay. So for the new planner, and most of my questions just for the listeners are for mostly like the new planners or aspiring planners. So for someone in that space, how should, or what are things they should pay attention to, to discern whether or not a prospective client would be good for them or not? Well, let's be honest and transparent. If we're a new planner, mm-hmm. we're taking all the business because we're trying to build our yeah. brand. We're trying to get the photos. We're trying to build a portfolio. And most importantly, we're trying to get the revenue. Mm-hmm. So we're taking all the business. However, right. if you read the book and if you listen to what I'm saying now, you will sometimes, if it does not sound like it's a good fit, you will let it go off the table. But what you what they should do is, I always say, when clients think that they are interviewing us, we should be interviewing them. Mm-hmm. We should be asking the appropriate questions of how many other people are involved in this wedding planning. We should be asking who's the financial responsible person that'll be paying. We should be listening to red flags that might affect our planning process. You know, we should be like things we don't want our brand associated with or Mm -hmm. things that we know right then and there is not Mm -hmm. going to work. You know, so I always say when they think that they're interviewing us, we should be interviewing them. We should be listening very carefully for keywords, key phrases. My auntie's going to cook. Uncle Joe is going to be the photographer. We have this DJ who's been in the family for years. You know, all those things should be processed and all those things deserve questions after them. That is just the thing. And if you don't think that that is going to work in your planning process for the next 10 to 12 months while you have this bride Mm -hmm. and her family, you should say, I don't think that we're a good fit. (laughs) I mean, truly, like, yeah, yeah, because sometimes it's not worth your sanity. Yeah, you can be at the beginning, you can be at the middle, you can be at the end of your career, but it doesn't, you should not have to put your sanity or your brand on the line if you don't think it's a good fit. I agree. I agree. Okay. So listening to hear <laughs> and interview the client. Seriously. <laughs> so how should they take feedback? How should they request it and solicit it? And then how should they process it? And I mean, feedback from clients and other vendors themselves. So feedback, what I learned is not all feedback is bad feedback, you know? Um, I think because if it's feedback to help us improve, of course, initially we will be defensive. Once you process that, then you have to play it all back. And truth of the matter is you have to be grateful for it. 
to not make mm-hmm. the same error the next time. Mm-hmm. And I think we just have to be able to take the feedback, you know, yeah. without and sometimes without it being feeling like it's an attack. We are in a time where, you know, 60 percent of people want to see us win. So we have to take that feedback and apply it so that we can win. Again, because I'm so old and I've been doing this so long, I have a thousand stories, you know, and I came where, again, where black planners weren't, weren't a thing. Um, Black Greek planners weren't a thing. And I remember, you know, working with this amazing caterer, God rest her soul, she passed away. And it was a Jewish wedding that I had. Clients lived in California. I can't even tell you how I got them. But the caterer told me, because I'm a young black woman, young black girl, she was like, well, we do this all the time. And I remember for a split second being offended because that was a trend in what people say. Literally, that's a, a phrase I hate these days. We do this all the time. And for a split second, I was offended. And I was like, you know what, Tiffany? She is right. She does this all the time. And this is my first one. This is my first Jewish wedding. These out-of-town people, it's 250. There's a, a horror. There's a huppa. There was all these things, all these moving parts. Yes, you do this all the time. And I was on that lady's heels the entire mm-hmm. walkthrough in emails, phone calls. You know, I had to take that statement and apply Mm -hmm. it differently, you know. Also, I think if you do receive feedback and if you're not defensive in that moment, you can respond. Mm -hmm. What do you think should have happened differently? How do you Mm. think I could have handled that differently? You know, um, I ask if I have planners work with me on weddings, which is nine times out of Mm -hmm. ten I do. If I have an issue, I'd be like, how could I have done that differently? What would have made that situation better? How can I move this differently so it looks, you know, different? How is this going to logistically work? I ask questions. One, because my eyes aren't the only eyes there. My ears aren't the only ears. And I'm not perfect. So I think we have to take feedback and just process it and not take it as an attack. Which is always a very, very hard thing to do for some. It is. I I know. That's why I put the word process in there. Process. And then another word Mm. I'll put in there is leverage. Leverage the feedback. Make it work for you. That's a good one. I mean, because you have to realize that the feedback is coming from someone's experience. And it may not be how you saw things or experienced things, but it's how somebody else did. And you can't invalidate their experience. That's what they felt. That's That was their perspective. So how you handle it, you just gotta, yeah, like you said, process, leverage, move on. Because <laughs> you can't also you wallow because yeah. you got <laughs> another event coming up as well. So let's switch over now to marketing, because as I mentioned earlier, I think of everything in the marketing eye. Um, Social is huge, but marketing is so much more than social media. What have you discovered are great ways 
to market yourself, market yourself as a vendor. Well, this is your lane. I know my lane. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, always networking is always a, a great way to market, especially if you're, you know, if you're new, if you're coming in, um, networking events, mm-hmm. uh, attending events, happy hours, all of that good stuff. But the good old fashioned, you know, reaching out to vendors, um, introducing yourself, mm-hmm. especially if you're new. Uh, I get, I kind of get those emails often. Um, you know, we call them, I guess, what cold calls. But now we have the lovely platform of social media and social media is a huge marketing tool. You know, it, it just is down to the posts, to the reels, to DMS. It's, it's a huge marketing tool, but also just being present, you know, people have to be able to put a face with a name, you know, um, there's a, probably a story in, in the book where I was saying for years, my face wasn't even on my website. You know, it was just Bird of Paradise events and how that came to, I I went to meet, Mm -hmm. you know, some potential clients and I walked in and they were so surprised that I was black. And I think from that day on, it was face, face, face. This is Bird of Paradise event, you know? So, you know, you have to be present. You have to, you know, show up. Um, and you know, so people yeah. know who you are and know what you do for sure. That was a great way to answer that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So two more questions. Okay. What do you think makes the difference between a good wedding planner and a great wedding planner? Hmm. So a good wedding planner to me, the difference is you are just doing this hobby, the money, you know, etc. A great wedding planner, extraordinary wedding planner, is actually doing it because they love it. Um, and they know that the money will come because of the love they have for, for their job, for their business, for their career. Um, but it's also going to be those key qualities that will change your life. It's going to be the empathy mm-hmm. that to me, a wedding planner has to have because mm-hmm. you just never know when you are going to be the therapist. It's going to be the communication piece because you never know when you have to be the person to break bad news or hard news to a client their mother, um, but, and be the, and the vendor, you know, so it's, to me, it's characteristics that separate good. And I don't want to say great cause I say extraordinary, but separates good and extraordinary, you know, good to me means you're, you're flying by the seat of your pants. You don't know what your niche is, but you're getting, you're getting there, you know, but it's the characteristics that are going to take you to that next level of extraordinary. You know, you, it, it's a people business. You have to be a people person. If you're if you're not a people person, you should be the cake baker or the floral designer um, because you're not interacting with 200 people at one time. You're not interacting with 150 people at one time. A bride, mm-hmm. a groom, 
a mother of the groom, mother of the bride, you know, a mother of the groom, it's her only son and he's getting married. You know, you just have to have those strong mm-hmm. characteristics that you can't fly by the seat of your pants. So that's what separates right. good to extraordinary. I love that. I love that. All right. So final question is, and this is more of kind of just to kind of take us back and kind of why you started this, not even just the guide, but (laughs) my whole journey, (laughs) your your whole journey. So can you share any memorable stories or insights from your book through your experiences that might resonate with brides-to-be or any aspiring wedding planners? Heavy on the aspiring wedding planners. Yes. So wait. So my, my prayer is, one, I put stories all throughout that book. You did. And my prayer was that when I went back and read it, you know, sometimes I cried, sometimes I laughed. But my prayer was that somebody had a belly laugh. <laughs> from at least one of those stories, right? But the most, so there was, and I want to say this may have been my first or second wedding. Um, And I remember it very, I remember all my stories clearly because everything is personal. Um, It was 250 guests in Bowie, Maryland. I was with my clients with the bride Mm -hmm. and her mom and they were very organized very, very amazing. It's been 10 years at best now. Um, and I remember it clearly because that wedding is the wedding that paid for my logo. It's the wedding that paid for my domain. It was, you know, everything. And wow. rehearsal, you know, her family was great. Super fun. Matter of fact, that might have been the wedding that I did centerpieces for. That's when I realized that that wasn't my, my thing. Um, Rehearsal came, you know, lining people up, etc. I sent the bride down the aisle with her dad on the wrong side. And the pastor literally let me, like, it was a church wedding too. This The ceremony was in the church. So it was a long aisle. And they got all the way to the end. And he was like, wedding planner. He was like, mm-hmm. the bride is on the wrong side. And I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. It was unreal. So, of course, we, you know, swooped it <laughs> again. I did a Facebook Live prior to the book dropping. I was yeah. with one of my mentees who's also a planner. And she said that was her favorite part because she was like, oh, my God, I've done that, too. She was like, Tiffany did that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, she was like, I was, she said, all I could think about was, oh my God, Tiffany did that. Yes, I did that. And it was so <laughs> embarrassing. Like literally, I can remember years after that, let me on my phone Googling, what I should have brought me on to never make that mistake again. Because that is, the, <laughs> that was so embarrassing. It was so embarrassing. So. The way you wrote that though, when I read it, I did laugh. 
and I, but I visualized it like pulling up the phone, kind of like, wait, what side should the bride walk down on? I was like, right, yes, but that's not something you would just like. I can see how you wouldn't, you know, like how that wouldn't just be in your head. Yes, and, and to I got and it. to make it even to make it more clear on how traumatized I am, I literally. Just posted this a couple weeks. An album dropped. Uh, there's a song that, you know, we listen to now. And I'm watching the video. Everyone mm-hmm. at the bridal party, whatever, is at the altar. They're all on the wrong side. So I can't even enjoy the video mm-hmm. because all I'm thinking about is <laughs> the bridesmaids are over here. The grooms are over here. The bride's walking. I was like, this is wrong. This is wrong. <laughs> That's how traumatized I am from that experience. That's my story. But literally. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. So. Well, Tiffany, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all of this. Like answering these questions, helping us. We had so like there were so many ways we could have taken these questions and went down, but wanted to leave. The listeners, just enough so that they go and get your book and read it for themselves because they will truly delight in it. I'm, I'm so like, I mean that I'm not, I'm not saying that just because I like you, like this really was a great read and it really did give me so much more perspective on what y'all do Um, and what all goes into it. Yes. You're welcome. You're welcome. So when you write those other ones, definitely come back. I will. Thank you for having me. I'm so I'm so happy that I won. This is my first podcast that I was on uh-huh. to talk about the Confident and Confident Wedding Planners Guide. So again, so you're adding to my journey and my story yes. because, you know, I was with you guys during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my third time's a charm. So thank you so much for having me again. Tell Tania, I'm so sorry I missed her. Mm-hmm. But I love you ladies. I'm very happy for you guys that you guys are just you know, elevating um, with the podcast. And I'm happy to be a part of Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. And now we are going to move into our wedding vendor love segment. This is where we give our listeners the chance to learn about a new vendor based off of our guest experiences. So this is usually someone that you've worked with or someone that you've admired. And we really want to, you know, continue to use this space to give back, provide that word of mouth to give that recommendation to a vendor, because that's one of the main ways that you definitely find someone that you should really work with. And we've had so many listeners come to us and tell us that Mm -hmm. they selected a vendor based off the wedding vendor love segment. So to continue this tradition four years in, Tiffany, tell us who you would like to shout out today. Oh my goodness. I am going to shout out. The first one is a new venue that is opening up in Baltimore, Maryland. As a matter of fact, it's open. It mm. is woman and black owned and it okay. is called Slate Avenue. Um, and it is one of the owners is Felicia, which is exquisite catering. So it is a brand new venue, which uh, we had the chance to go see and it is absolutely beautiful. So mm. that is my first vendor. Okay. And my second vendor is going to be a photographer, Damian Hendricks, um, and he does Shot by Hendricks. Um, He's an amazing photographer, cinematographer, 
Um, and he is on Instagram and Facebook, Shop by Hendrix or Weddings by Hendrix. Perfect. Well, listeners, y'all know, definitely look them up because if Tiffany has recommended them, trust and believe, they... <laughs> They are super legit. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. For those that don't know where to find you or for anyone that wants to read your book, where can they find you? Where can they get the book? Plug any and everything else that you also have going on. Yes, I will. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to my episode of the podcast. Yes, go get the book, The Confident and Confident Wedding Planner's Guide. And you can find it on my website, the Tiffany Event Planner Experience or birdofparadiseevents.com. And yes, if you're looking for a wedding planner, event planner, and the book. She's the one. Yes. And we will definitely be linking to the book and, of course, to your website in the show notes, the link in our bio on social and basically all the places And once we relaunch the You I Do website, it will be there as well. So super, super excited again. Tiffany, I can't say it enough. Thank you. Thank you so much for not only coming on the show again, but trusting us to be able to help you push your book, which again, was so great to read. We will wrap here but thank y'all for listening and see y'all next week thank you bye don't forget to follow us everywhere you can we're on tiktok instagram facebook twitter and even youtube you can find us at h-u-i-d-o-w-e-d which is who i do wed or at hue i do pod which is h-u-e-i-d-o-p-o-d on pretty much any of those platforms. In addition to that, if you want to know more about any of the amazing wedding vendors we've shouted out or any of the really cool wedding vendors we've had on the show as guests or just some awesome wedding vendors in general that maybe you don't know of, head to find.huido.com. There you're going to find over 600 wedding vendors that can help take you to your happily ever after. And no matter where you listen to Hue I Do, if you could, please leave us a review. It will help other bride-to-be's and other people in the wedding planning space find a podcast that speaks to them as much as Hue I Do speaks to you. 